Hello, hello, hello. What a blessing and honor for each of you to join us on this special day for the Hour of Excellence. The theme is, it's about our children, our outstanding dignitaries who are destined for greatness. Let's continue to love and pray for our children because they are truly someone special. Please enjoy today's presentation. Don't define me. It's okay to not be okay. 
Emancipation Day. Emancipation was proclaimed in Tallahassee on May 20th, 1865, 11 days after the end of the Civil War and two days after the proclamation first issued by President Abraham Lincoln freed those enslaved in Southern states. In Florida, Emancipation Day is celebrated on May 20th. Florida Emancipation Day celebrates the day Union troops declared the Emancipation Proclamation effective across the state, thus signaling the freedom of enslaved people in Florida. Although state statutes still recognize June 19th As the official day of emancipation, historians have advocated for May 20th 
to become the day recognized in Florida. As we look at this whole history of emancipation in Florida, we would be grossly remiss and way off the mark if we didn't consider and actually start with the self-emancipators um, going all the way back to the 1600s and, and before that. I mean, I think the first attempt to establish slavery in Florida by the Spanish was in 1526. So in 1693, we have the Spanish King's Edict where he decides to authorize and encourage um, enslaved people to come to Florida where they could serve as a buffer and a, de a defense force to protect the Spanish interest. Though the emancipation was signed on January 1st, 1863, the word did not reach Florida until May 20th, 1865. In the Tallahassee community where the official reading took place, though that reading was to impact the entire state of Florida, over 60-some thousand slaves were freed. After the slaves were freed, it was sometime in a, in a period of frustration because uh, being enslaved all those years like that, they, had, they never experienced anything like that. It took over a period of time to get themselves to adjust it. You see, when, when, when Cook, when Cook uh, read the Emancipation Proclamation, that was an event, that wasn't a celebration. So it took two years before they started celebration at, at, uh, at Booger Pond, which is now Lake Ella. Emancipation Day in Key West uh, was much different. Key West, the Florida Keys, were uh, for the entirety of the Civil War under Union control. They, they were never a part of the Confederacy. And so even though people were enslaved here and they're working on these uh, forts, when Lincoln issued the Emancipation Proclamation, it took a little while for word to get down here, but about three weeks after um, the Emancipation Proclamation was issued, they did get word and everybody celebrated. All in all, it was a pretty exciting and wonderful community event. January 1st was always the day here in St. Augustine. And so the celebration was um, immediate after the reading of the emancipation at the government house here, which now is a part of University of Florida Government House Museum and Library. It was celebrated and then um, the people of the town were all called together, it was read to them collectively. And January of 1864, an invitation went out for a celebration in St. Augustine um, at that time. May Day and Me by Byron Dickens. What you say what you say, today is a great day. But daddy, what do you mean? What is so special about today? Child, have you forgotten? Today is great. Today is May Day. The day was May 20th, 1865. On this day, so many hopes and dreams came alive. But Daddy, I do not know. What is May Day, may I ask? 
May Day is the day when slaves in Florida got their freedom and were finally freed at last. People cheered, people laughed, and celebrated with glee. Today, oh, today we are finally forever free. The Civil War ended and freedom was much to their expectation. But it took over two years after President Abraham Lincoln signed the Emancipation Proclamation. Finally, the day came and there stood General Edward M. McCook on the steps of the Knot House. He read the famous words like a book. All persons held as slaves within any state or designated part of a state. The people thereof shall then be in rebellion against the United States, shall be then thenceforward and forever free. For over 150 years on this day, we celebrate. We must never forget this day is American history and what makes this nation great. Each year, we gather with food, music, and honoring traditions as we meet. Like plaiting the maypole, horseback riding, and playing the traditional freedom beat. Wow, Daddy, you are right. Today is great. Today is so important. Now I see. Now that I know my history, there is no more separating May Day and me. Let's listen to Lake City native Sawana Jean Javier. Wow, well, thank you. Uh, my name is Sawana uh, Javier, and I am a native of Lake City, Florida, mom, wife, and attorney, <laughs> but at heart, I think I'm just a small-town girl with big dreams. Very good. Now, with your outstanding background here in Lake City, you are very modest about that. I know you can say a lot of the things, but I know how it is when you are destined for greatness. Now, I want you to tell us something about your... Um, how it was growing up here in Lake City, Florida. Anything you'd like to share? And also, <laughs> what school did you graduate from here in, in Columbia County or Lake City? Oh, wow. Uh, well, I am a graduate of Columbia High School in Lake City, Florida. Go Tigers. <laughs> um, gosh, growing up in Lake City uh, provided me really like a very um, unique experience, I think, um, I matriculated through the public education system um, and had some wonderful educators um, throughout my time in Lake City, and I, I believe that a lot of them really shaped and molded me uh, and prepared me for the future, um, the career I have now, um, and just some of the experiences I've been able to have um, just growing up from then until now. Um, <laughs> my parents are... Um, Lake City native. My mom's a Lake City native, born and raised, um, and so she still she is still in Lake City, and we love that uh, being able to go home and uh, see her 
and so forth. Um, and so my dad is actually um, from uh, Port-au-Prince, Haiti. And so that was an interesting experience, too, growing up um, in our household because, you know, you have the mix of the, the two, what may be seeming like uh, similar cultures uh, with a few differences. So a <laughs> um, house full of kids, um, uh, they have uh, sisters and brothers. And so um, big family growing up. Okay, tell me now the makeup of your family. You said sisters and brothers. How many sisters do you have and how many brothers did you have? <laughs> Um, yeah, so my oldest sister is a Tanya Jean. She's now a Tanya Jean Funny. Um, my youngest sister is Fadrina Sutton. Um, and so Tanya lives in uh, Georgia. We actually live down the road from each other now. And uh, Fadrina is in Tallahassee. Um, and then my older brother, uh, Roman uh, Jean, and he is actually in Georgia. So we're probably about an hour away, but we're all here. And then uh, my little brother, uh, Malachi. And so he is in Lake City as well. Very good, very good. It seems that you have a well-knitted family, and that is so, so great. Do you have anybody that you can cite as a contributing factor for your choosing the career in which you are, which you are in at this time? And you can tell us what career it is. Okay. Uh, so I am now a practicing attorney um, in the state of Georgia, and um, I think I'm going to probably really say multiple people. Um, I'm going to say, first of all, God, with the purpose um, and passion and desire that he placed in me. Um, but I remember, <laughs> I think I was like about in the fourth grade, and I remember telling my mom, like, uh, it was the summer, and I just went, so I said, Mom, I was like, I want to be, you know, a lawyer uh, when I grow up. And she's like, Okay. And she goes, she turns right, she's sitting at the desk, she turns right around and she gets on the phone and she starts calling um, several attorneys that she's met um, in Lake City. And she's like, you know, my daughter wants to be an attorney. Can she come and talk to you all and kind of see, you know, what it's about and so forth? And so I visited probably like four different attorneys. And the last person that I spoke with um, was uh, Judge Leandra Johnson. And so between <laughs> her and my mom, uh, making sure that um, the passion didn't die and that uh, I was aware of the purpose. Um, I definitely say those are two big, two big factors for that. Very good. Now, this was a sudden thing that came into your mind. Was it something that you ha you you saw on television, or was it something that you dreamed of? What sparked that little interest suddenly? What was it? That happened. Oh. You said you told your mother you wanted to be. What was it? Is it something that? It, how, how did that that little thing into your mind to be um, a, uh, an attorney? Uh, I what, what? I say I say God first because I I was um, napping and I just woke up and just came and told her that. Uh, so I think like that literally just it just came from you know just that unction I was you know, that he put in me to say, you know, this is just, just to put that vision in front of me, that this is your path um, that you're going to be on. I feel like I've always wanted to be like an advocate for other people and have done that at a young age. Um, and so I think, <laughs> I, I just really understand, I think it was, it was that. <laughs> very good. Very good. What a marvelous idea. Now, did you go directly from undergraduate school to law school? I did not. I um uh, I attended law school as a non traditional student. Um <laughs> a lot of times we do talk about our plans and things that we intend to do and 
um, how we intend to get there and make things happen and so forth. And so I, w- I went on a non-traditional path <laughs> to law school. Um, and I actually had a few careers prior to um, going to law school. And so my last one um, was actually teaching. I um, taught um, in Lake City, actually, and I taught um, in Clayton County in Georgia. So <laughs> didn't go straight there. Okay, so those experiences that you had in the classroom, you say in Georgia and in Lake City, it sort of elevated you to your successful um, encounter, your successfulness in law school. Or from it helped you to to bounce from from uh, your lower level to a higher level. The experiences that you had in the classroom. So, in other words, the classroom. Was a good was an important factor in the elevation to your your uh, law school. I mean, was that experience valuable to you? Oh, absolutely. I, I would say invaluable um, at this point because one for sure, it is the thing that prompted me to go back after saying, you know, this is the thing that you know um, that you've wanted that's been placed in your path, and you need to get, you need to go and get it done. Uh, I think you know, talking with my students and just preparing them for their own futures and they're just kind of saying, but what what about what you said you were going to do? What about, you know, what you said you wanted to do? Um, and then also just trying to advocate for them uh, as their, as their educator. Um, it's like, we're, we're expected as educators to affect change and that's important. And so it's like, if that's our job um, and we're, we're, you know, saying that to our students and then it's also to be that example of um, what we require from them as well. So absolutely. <laughs> Okay. Have you heard of any of your students who decided to go into the legal profession as a result of um, the things that you might have uh, said to them? Do you you have anybody in mind that followed your path? Um, I do have a student um, that actually graduated last year, um, you know, who talked to me about, like, kind of what to do as far as going to law school, um, how to prepare themselves uh, to be successful, um, how to choose it and so forth. There's a lot, really a lot goes that goes into that process. Um, and I think some people think that it possibly starts after undergrad, but I think that it's important to acknowledge that it's really a process that you want to start um, gathering information and just starting to do some things in your undergraduate career. Um, major is maybe not so much important because you'll find in law school that there are um, a range of uh uh, graduate or undergraduate degrees that are in law school, but there are just some things that you want to do uh, prior to um, actually applying to law school in your undergraduate career to kind of help prepare you and set you up for success. Okay, very good. Now, this might be a personal question. Did you get some <laughs> kind of a scholarship or did you have to um, uh, get, a, get a loan in order to advance your studies? Now, if that's a personal question, no, you don't have to no, answer. You want to know? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah, no, it's a, and it's a very good question. Um, and it's so, like, a lot of times when I do talk with others about attending law school, I try to let them know um, to, to, that's a part of setting themselves up for success. So I did not go into law school with scholarships. Um, once I got into law school, um, I did get several scholarships throughout the throughout the year, um, but I, <laughs> I entered without any. Um, and I, I possibly could have had I known uh, some of the things that I learned a little bit later in the process as far as timing when you apply. Um, the earlier, the better. 
as far as, you know, scholarships. Um, and then just like even with testing, um, I've heard, you know, one person say it was like <laughs> that test score, the difference between $160,000 um, wow. of loans. Yeah. <laughs> of loans. Wow. So, yeah, it's, yeah. So it's like you want to take that, that part seriously. Um, as far as studying for the, the, the entrance exam for a law school, the law school um, test, LSAT. So taking some time to really focus on that and get a, a not just a good score, but a really great score. Um, so setting aside that time to like be really focused on the exam could mean the difference <laughs> between a full ride um, to law school and maybe a partial scholarship or no scholarship at all. So, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, very, very good. You have a pleasing personality. I know when you step before the judge or whomever you have to have to uh, go before and defend your client, I know with your smile and your personality, they say, oh, she won the case already because you have a nice personality. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Now, uh, attorney, I, well, I have a problem with your last name. Tell me how to pronounce it again. It's Jean Vier. John V. Okay, for January, yeah. <laughs> okay, John V. Okay, uh-huh. attorney John V. Mm-hmm. How did you choose the law school that you attended? Oh, okay. So um, I attended um, the Florida Agricultural Mechanical University for undergraduate um, school, and um, when it came down to thinking about <clears throat> what I was looking for and the reason I was going to law school. Um, going to law school because I knew that I wanted to be an advocate uh, for my community, and I knew that it was a very important task that I was taking on, and to consider where I sat um, in the classroom, what that looked like, really determined um, where I wanted to go <laughs> for okay. law school. And so I am now what they call a double rattler uh, because I graduated from uh, Florida A&M University College of Law. Um, so I chose uh, FAMU's law school because it is a historically black um, college university. There's only um, there's only six in the country, six HBCU uh-huh. law schools, um, and so we are one of six. And so that was that was very important to me um, because I knew how great the task was, and it was important to have people that look like me talking to me <laughs> um, in class um, and sharing their experience with me, but also being that representation of you can do it. Okay. Wow. You you made a great choice. I'm not going to tell you why, but you made a great choice. <laughs> Florida A.M. University, you made a great choice. So that means your head is all right. So if I need a lawyer, I know who to come to. Now, what is your area of specialization? So if I need a lawyer from a wonderful school, I know who to come to. What is your area of specialization? Well, now, I don't want you to need me. I actually practice criminal law, and um, I don't have clients, but I represent the state. So I am an assistant solicitor general um, for the solicitor general's office in Clayton County, Georgia. So that is criminal law, Um, and I am a prosecutor, (laughs) Um, and so criminal law, but nothing like that. I don't do felonies, so just misdemeanors of things that you know, just won't quite mess your life up, but might give you <laughs> might give you a little trouble. Uh huh. Yes. Uh huh. Yes. Now, do you have you the judges that you have um have had to uh, deal with? I don't know if that's the right word. <laughs> have they been uh mostly men or women? No. Um. Actually, so in Georgia, we have uh, state court, superior court. 
magistrate court. And so um, I work on the state court level. And um, in our county, we have five judges. And uh, four of those uh, uh, judges are black women. Uh, and the other the other judges are black male. He's actually chief judge. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, um, so that that is that that was actually been a pretty interesting uh, part of my job as well uh, within the county that those are the people I get to practice in front of each day. Uh-huh. Yes. Now how long have you been practicing? How long has well, it been? So I just graduated um in 2022. So we're looking at <laughs> Thank you. About uh-huh. 6 months now I've been a prosecutor. That means you have a lot of new ideas, so you would be one that someone would select because of your new ideas. A lot of those older uh, lawyers might not be updated. They might. I'm not saying they <laughs> might. Well, I better take that. I better take that. Qu- Let me take that back because I don't want anybody. <laughs> I don't. I don't want to get any kind of mail. Yeah, every lawyer is great. Okay, yeah. every lawyer is great. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So I take that back. I forgot I was on air. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah. What did you feel? What do you feel? Um, like was a valuable point why you attended law school. What did you um, feel like was a yeah. valuable point why you attended um, law school? Yeah, I think I think definitely, um, like I said, being able to um, being able to have my professors, um, not all of them obviously, but um, the majority of them that look look like me, um, and so I think the difference in attending um, an HBCU versus you know perhaps a, a PWI is that um, you you get that. Listen, stop by my office. We need to talk about you know what's going on or the the, the level of uh, expectation. Um, I think it's higher <laughs> when you attend um, historically black colleges and universities because we know what's at stake um, and uh-huh. we understand the value of education and the opportunity um, that we have. Um, so the legal profession, as far as attorneys, it's less than five percent of that profession is represented by African Americans, um, and then it's less than two percent of them are women. So we're already a very small population. Um, and so it was important to be, um, I guess I say groomed, <laughs> groomed uh-huh. by people who understood, um, the challenges that I would, you know, face coming in, whether it's like, Oh, are, are you the lawyer or are you the secretary or are you the defendant? Uh, yes, um, I know going, how to... <laughs> yeah. going into court, yeah. um, and having yeah. those shared experiences. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, that was going to be my next question, but you answered about the uh, ratio there. Yeah, less yeah. than 2%. Yeah. Okay. Now, what was your, what do you consider your biggest challenge? Was it that uh, the ratio makeup or what? what? What was your, what do you think was your biggest challenge in law school? Um, in law or did you have a lot of them? Yeah, no. <laughs> Well, so I'll say this. So I, I share with you. So two things. I share with you one that I went back to law school um, after um, you know kind of experiencing life a little detour on my plan to becoming an attorney. Um, and so I entered law school with a full family. <laughs> um, I have three kids um, and a husband, and so I went from just kind of being that really hands-on mom, parent, um, and <laughs> available wife. 
to like being like I can. I have to, you know, I have to study um, because law school is very intense. Um, and so that was a very big challenge um, in that just kind of having to take my hands, take my hands off a lot of things at home and uh-huh. um, trust that trust that I had given enough <laughs> enough instruction yeah. um, that they could, you know, that they could be able to uh, survive and and understand the sacrifice that we were making at the moment. Um, so I uh-huh. think, you know, that was that was one of the challenges. And then I feel like another challenge was <clears throat> I went into law school with a conception of what type of law I wanted to practice. I had just left teaching, and I really wanted to practice education law because I just felt like I saw so many voids, and I saw our community suffering um, under the weight of the public school system, and I just thought, how do, how do I figure out how to help that? What do I do? And so that was my goal um, going in. But then I would take different classes, and I'd be like, wow, there's really a need for someone, some representation here. Oh, I think I could do that. And it was <laughs> I just got to the point where I don't know what type of law I want to practice because I feel like we're underrepresented in so many places that the help I want to provide to the community could could be in any one <laughs> could be in any one of these fields. And I don't know yeah. I don't know where to go, Lord help me. <laughs> but now see, you're still young. You can go into yeah. other 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 uh um branches of faith or what are you gonna call them law. Because you still mm-hmm. young. <laughs> yes, you're still young, and your yeah. outlook look is so positive. Mm-hmm. You are destined for greatness. <laughs> you are really, really outstanding. You are mm-hmm. what we consider a superlative, a dignitary. <laughs> so with the time that's left on planet Earth, you can find <laughs> other avenues, other lawyer, I mean, other um, uh, uh, areas of law that you can go to because you, you have a, a spirit of being helpful to others. You have, mm-hmm. and with, and you just mentioned the uh, the responsibility that you had when you were you were taking your law classes. You said in so many words because mm-hmm. you had a family that you was that you were taking care of and all that. Because I know with that in mind, what was it like for you to prepare for? And I know you, I've heard of a bar exam. What was it mm-hmm. like to prepare for a bar a, the bar exam with everything mm-hmm. that you have to do? Mm. At you had you oh do. <laughs> so the the bar the bar exam. I, I have some thoughts about it. Um, but as as far as like my preparation for it, um, it's it's that. So the first of all, the test is only offered two times a year. Um, so twice a year, um, generally you take it right after graduation. Um, because you know everything is supposed to be fresh. Um, but it was. 12-hour days, um, mostly seven days a week for three months. Um, And so I would, like, get up in the morning and, you know, read, do practice questions, um, make charts, flashcards, watch videos, sit in lectures, um, and repeat, you know, rinse and repeat, (laughs) record myself, um, you know, reading through different rules and things of that nature, um, practice writing. So it was, like, seven seven days of just really, really intense um, studying. Um, and it was, it's just so much weight on that one exam. You get to take it. It's, it's over two days. Um, and so eight hours, eight hours each day, um, for two days. So it's a, it's a very intense, um, exam and preparing for it is even more intense because you can't do, you can't practice law without it. <laughs> so, yeah. um, you know, you go through, you spend those, you know, those three years in law school and then it's like, okay. You even get a chance to really enjoy graduation because you're like, I gotta, I gotta focus. So it's like, shut everybody out. <laughs> I can't uh-huh. talk to anybody. 
because I'm spending 10, 12 hours a day um, studying yes. and trying to balance that, you know. Well, what you just said, you were born to be a lawyer. <laughs> you were born to be in the legal profession, and that's where you are, and you're going to be there because you're making a difference. You may, and I think you said you were your basic one is a criminal justice, right? Is that what you're saying? You, um, yes, I'm. Yeah, I practice criminal law. Yes. Uh huh. Yes. Now, tell us something about. I know we've heard some kind of misconceptions about prosecutors. You know, tell us something about that. What are some of the misconceptions that you know about prosecutors? Um, <laughs> it's definitely a definitely a work of heart. Um, I think a lot a lot of times you you don't find um, as many of us um, in that field one because <laughs> it's not as lucrative as it could be um, as as other fields could be um, but we need to be in those spaces because a lot of times the thing is that you have that prosecutorial discretion so when it comes to looking at a case and you're looking at the facts of the case and what happened and you're looking at the individual um, and you're looking at the charges and you're, and you're just trying to determine if all these things match and whether or not it's really worth um, pursuing, um, whether or not you have, you know, the things that you need to, to get the verdict that you need at the end. Um, and so like we have um, in Clayton County, we have pretrial um, diversion, <clears throat> uh, which essentially is like sometimes you have people that make mistakes. Um, a lot of times looking at young kids who have, you know, gotten with the wrong crowd. It's, it's, it's a good kid. And it's like this one mistake may hinder them you know, for the rest of their life. And you have the opportunity to say, okay, let's try this. And then this doesn't go on your record. Um, and then, you know, you have community service or perhaps you have to, you know, pay a fine. Um, and as long as you stay out of trouble, you know, we can we can uh, go ahead and just um, not, not have this as something that comes up on your record with a background check and so forth. Um, and just even just looking at particular cases and what charges um, are brought and so forth. And so it's like, a lot of times people are thinking <laughs> we're just out to get people. I, I feel like a lot of times in the community, um, you feel like that. Um, but you need people with experiences like mine who consider, okay, this is a mom or, you know, this is a young, this is a young boy um, or uh, just looking at the situation and think, is this a situation brought on by um, economic, um, you know, needs and not being able to, you know, have funding or being houseless or things of that nature. So, um, Realizing that that's that's the need, and that's why we need people uh, that look like us. We need that representation in that space mm-hmm. um, to pro- to provide protection for us. Yeah, yeah, very good. And I, you've used the expression "look like us." That's very mm-hmm. important. Very, very mm-hmm. important. It's mm-hmm. very important to the little child, the little kindergarten student, when you see mm-hmm. somebody that look like us. That's very, mm-hmm. very important. And Regardless of uh, what people think, that does make a difference. Now, do you feel like criminal law is your forever home? (laughs) No. (laughs) No, look, look, I say no, uh, but we always know that God has different plans for us. Um, (laughs) In the moment I say no, um, I really enjoy what I I do. Um, it's, it's, It's a lot of work. Um, I was just telling my husband, I was like, I'm just treading, I'm just treading water right now. There's no caught up, um, but I enjoy it. Um, I, I like the space that I'm in, but I feel like uh, there are definitely, like you said before, there are definitely other areas of law that I can see myself 
uh, practicing in uh, to, to fulfill that need uh, for our community and, and be there, be that representation. So um, I think eventually right now I'm leaning towards possibly labor and employment law um, because I just feel like <laughs> as as workers and uh, living in uh, all these uh, what we call at-will states, uh, we need representation too. Um, because mm-hmm. sometimes people are taking advantage of employees, uh, misusing policies and things of that nature. So, um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now, this might be a personal question, but have you made a decision or decisions that have caused you to have sleepless nights? <laughs> um, <laughs> now, if, if you don't no. want to answer that, you don't have yeah, to. Yeah, no. I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say no. I feel like I can, I can confidently say no because, like I said, um, I deal with misdemeanors. So no, you know, no felonies where we're talking about murder or uh, things of nature where you're talking about life sentences or putting someone who has murdered back out on the street um, or you know not be able to get the verdict you need for that. So essentially, um, you know that that won't be. <laughs> and, and that's another thing I've, I've considered. I don't I don't know that I could be there because I, I do worry about not being able to sleep. Oh, uh-huh. in that situation, so. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Bless you, little heart. You are You're just so precious. And as I said, <laughs> you're destined for greatness. Okay. <laughs> now, does one ever find, do you ever find, I think you mentioned it, the balance for work life. I think you mentioned that earlier, and I don't know why I want you to come back on it. Do, <laughs> do you ever find the balance for work life? I don't know. I mean, if you ask my family, probably no, <laughs> probably uh-huh. no. Um, but one of the things that I really, I really try to do uh, with my family is, you know, come home and have that meal, like sit at the table and have that meal together, that time to like talk and talk about the day and not being passing from one activity to the next or just exhausted from the day. So just trying to have as many family meals as we can. Um, together is just something, it's like I just trying to find that little bit um, in each space. Um, I try not to take work home. Uh, oh. <laughs> I try. I try to still have it. You say you um, try. <laughs> I try. Yeah. 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 Now, your little precious children, mm-hmm. has anyone expressed a delight, I mean, uh, uh, a desire, not a delight, mm-hmm. a desire to become a legal person like you, a lawyer or something like that, judge or something like that. Has them no. has in them oh they didn't? Okay. Well you have not been a good role model for them, huh? <laughs> oh oh no, my goodness. But you know what? They are they are chasing their own dreams, I think. Um so my oldest wants to be a kinesiologist. I've got my middle son that wants to be an engineer. And my youngest, you know, wants to be an entrepreneur. So she's she's always into something, creating something. So they all have their own path, which I'm proud of. <laughs> yes, very good. And just when you said proud of, just like I'm proud of you. As you oh, talk, you. as you talk, <laughs> you wanna. I have flashbacks about the time that, and and people always say I'm bragging about my Brain Bowl students. <laughs> you were on my Brain Bowl team, and I cannot, I cannot hesitate and saying that you made a difference and you were an outstanding dignitary then and you won now. And I'm proud of the advancement that you're making in life. And as I said, you're destined for greatness. 
and I'm sure with your interacting with your team members, that made you a better person, and that made you great in the in the profession that you're in now. And I'm so proud of you. I am really proud of you because I said my little brainbow, my little brainbow <laughs> student is now a lawyer that's going to help me, and I appreciate you for that. I really appreciate you. Now, yeah. what advice would you give to young dignitaries? who want to attend law school, what advice would you give to them? Um, I would say, I'm going to say three things. Um, one, seek out mentorship. I think that is super um, important um, to look for uh, someone who's traveled down that road before uh, that you can, you know, call for advice for um, just, just sometimes just to talk about it or, um, even somebody that just kind of knows your name, because you, you always need that someone to, to mention your name um, in the room when you're not in there, um, but someone who, who knows the ropes. Um, so mentorship is, is extremely important. Um, I think if it's something um, that you really that you feel like you really want to do, I would definitely say um, do what it takes to be prepared. Um, seek out um, information, and there, there's so much out there. Um, if you look for it, uh, that will help you to be successful uh, when you're talking about testing and not even things that cost. Um, there are, you know, free materials um, that are out there for you to use to, to put you in the right space, the category, the direction you want to be in regarding that. Um, and then for people who may feel like they have gotten lost on their journey, I understand that. Um, don't give up. And like it's never, it's literally never too late. Literally never too late to do it. Um, if you're thinking, gosh, three years is a long time. Um, <laughs> three years have passed, and you could have been in school. Um, so don't give up uh, on that uh, mentorship and um, do the work to be successful. Very good, very good. Now, do you have time to maybe um, um, in? to get involved in community activities or uh, or have you written a book or uh, what do you do that, that does not <laughs> does not deal with your profession mm-hmm. have you had time for that um yeah so i actually um work with um two 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 non one is um profession related um and i sit on the board um and it's for this this is the national women of color council and so um we're you know out there seeking to be resources for uh, women uh, women of color that are looking to get into the legal profession, um, and then also um, I also help plan the annual conference for Ladies Learning to Lead, which is a nonprofit, um, and so it's for middle school girls, um, six middle school and high school girls. Uh, we take them on they get like a weekend and um, we go through and they do networking. We give them, they get business cards and they get a chance to practice their networking skills with um, some of our sponsors and donors. Um, They have a chance to connect with um, college mentors. So uh, girls that are in college that can, you know, give them information and be a resource for them. They get to connect with a career mentor um, they spend the day just kind of like a full college day uh, on campus. They stay in the dorms. So they love that part. <laughs> they love that part about it. Um, they, you know, workshops, and we just kind of give them, like, we do interviewing uh, skills and practice interviews with them. 
Um, we go through and they just got different workshops with uh, different areas or aspects that we're uh, working working with them on as far as being leaderships uh, leaders in their own communities, how they can do that, how they can be advocates in their community. Um, so that's that's a little spare time I have. I do spend time uh, in churches in the choir as well. <laughs> um, Very so good. I, I, yeah, I try to keep busy, <laughs> but not too busy, but I do try to keep busy. Well, you seem to be very, very active, very, very active. <laughs> now, as far as salary, I don't want you to tell me your salary. As far as salary, <laughs> in case somebody's listening, are you paid by the case? Are you? Mm-hmm. Are the state pay you so much? Uh, mm-hmm. Well, how do you get your money? Don't tell me how much money you're getting, <laughs> the billions of dollars that you're making. But <laughs> how are you paid? How do you get your pay? <laughs> Okay. <laughs> yeah. Don't don't tell me the billions of dollars that you're making. It's, how are you, you paid? Okay. Yeah. So yeah, I I just have a straight salary uh, working for the state. Um, so, but I mean, it could be a position where it's like you know, outside of that, where you're in private practice, where it'd be billable hours, and then you would you know be paid in that in that way, or you sometimes um, attorneys do like contingency based fees and stuff like that, but. I just have a straight salary, so if I work 60 hours, they don't give me the same amount, same amount of money. <laughs> okay. All right. Very, very good. Very, very good. Now, I'm so proud of you, very proud of you, and I can go on and on because I'm enjoying this conversation from little Sawana Jean, who will come to <laughs> Rainbow Practice, now of one of the most famous lawyers. In the world, yeah. Now you know I got to be proud. You know your parents got to be proud of you. Yeah. But now, is there a vision or legacy you feel like you are building or wish to be built? Um, okay, you understand the question. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I okay. think I think this. Um, growing up, first of all, my parents very much valued education. Um, but I remember my dad said to me, he was like, you know. I don't care what job that you have. Um, He's like, if you're the street sweeper, um, be the best at it. And so um, that's a goal, right? Um, But I I feel like I want that the the legacy to be in what I feel like I'm working towards is um, being in service um, to my community. Um, And so I think that that's important for me um, to be in a space where um, I'm giving back um, because I, I stand on I stand on broad shoulders of people that have gone before me, um, and so um, being able to be a resource to others is important, um, and being in service to um, my community is important too. So I think that's the legacy that I'm looking forward to building. At least I hope that's what I hope that's what I'm doing right now, and that um, you know perhaps one day when I'm not here, that that's that's what I've left behind. Very good. You know, I am overjoyed. I am overjoyed. I can go on and on and talking with you because I'm learning so much from you. But do you have any closing statements that you would like to say at this time? And oh, no. It's been a delight. <laughs> any, any of your former Brainbow students that you would like to um, bra- do some little bragging about or anything, you have a... You have time now to just say whatever you want to as a closing. Yeah. Um, I'm, well, I'm definitely thankful for this opportunity to um, share. And hopefully if somebody was thinking about, 
you know, making a decision to do something they wanted to do that perhaps they're going to go out and do it um, and, you know, go ahead and spend the time to do the thing they feel like has been laid on their heart, their purpose, or pursue their passion. Um, when I think about Rainbow, gosh, I, I feel almost kind of like it was a, a coming out of my shell, um, being in there and just kind of having the opportunity to fill the team with such great minds. I was always really impressed with all of my <laughs> all of my mm. teammates because they were so intelligent and I was like, wow. <laughs> mm. um, and just, you know, just how quickly they rattled off the facts and, you know, just how thorough they were with the books and the questions and so forth. Um, so proud to have uh, been on the team uh, with all of them. Um, and, uh, they, you know, I was the baby. <laughs> I was the yeah. baby on the team. And they treated me well, right. but they, they were good, but they were protected of me, and I appreciated that. Um you know, to the utmost. So it was it was um, awesome to be in that space, and then just I feel like it was it was my coming out. Like I, my cousin tells me, like she's like, oh yeah, she always has her face in the book. I did. I read I read a lot, um, but uh-huh. it allowed me to come out and, and interact with other people, um, and really feel comfortable doing that and kind of finding my voice. So um, I definitely can attribute that to being a part of the Brainbow team and um, your your brainchild and creation. So we appreciate that. Um, and just thank you so much. <laughs> yeah, thank you so much for that opportunity um, and the opportunity now to just um, just to kind of to say a little bit about what's going on with me at this point. So um, I'm grateful for all the experiences that I've had. I'm grateful for uh, my family, my parents, um, and just everything that has made up Sawana at this point. So <laughs> the good and the bad, right, because you grow and learn. Um, so. Thank you. Thank you. And thank you for being wonderful. And I always say you are truly someone special. You're an outstanding dignitary who's destined for greatness. And thank you for being you, because guess what? (laughs) No one else qualifies. And you continue (laughs) to be blessed. Continue to be blessed. And thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you. This has been Bernice Preston with one of my outstanding dignitaries who was on my rainbow team, our rainbow team, and she's making a difference in this world. Thank you to her parents because they were her first teachers. Thank you, thank you, thank you, and you continue to be blessed.
Thank you for listening. Have a great day.